perhaps they need a good talking to, if you don't mind my saying so, perhaps a bit more. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. That clip you just heard was from The Shining. That was Delbert Grady, played by actor Philip Stone, and he was talking to Jack. Now, if you guys remember, Delbert Grady was a ghost and a butler that Jack talks to at various points in the movie. Now, you're probably wondering, Dave, that was a weird clip to play in your podcast. What the hell? Well, the antagonist, the bad guy in my movie, that character's name is Delbert Grady. (laughs) And you guys remember the first season when we were talking about uh, naming characters? I'll have to get into this a little further, but I named all the characters in the hike after people that I've known people that I do know, people I've never met. I also used various pop culture folks. As a matter of fact, most of the characters in the hike are named after famous people or semi-famous people. Pop culture icons. Yeah. (laughs) So that's always a good time. When you are writing and you're trying to figure out the names of your characters, that's always a fun, good time. And play with it. Have fun with it. And then when you do a podcast, you can tell everybody the origin stories behind the names of the characters in your movie. So let's jump right into this episode. We teased it at the end of the last episode. And since we're talking about communication being so important, let's talk about communicating with your actors. There are two very important concepts for you to keep in mind. Concept might not be the right word. One is a concept, but number two is pretty much a rule. And yes, rules are made to be broken. But if you break this rule, you might find yourself on set without any actors. And that's not a good thing. And that rule is never give a line reading. Most of you know what a line reading is. But for those of you who don't know what a line reading is, as the director... When you're directing actors, you want to try to get them to emote a certain way. And they just don't get it. They just can't seem to get there. And uh, the sands are flowing through the hourglass. Time is ticking away. The actor's frustrated. You're frustrated. And you just look the actor in the eye and say, say the line this way. A line reading is when you actually say the line to the actor the way you want them to say the line. So it's almost imitate me. I'm the director. This is the way I want you to say the line. Say it exactly the way I'm going to say it. Most actors are not going to respond well to that. The caveat would be if an actor just doesn't quite get what you want, And they're aware that time is very important. And they're aware that this scene is dragging on because I'm not giving the director what he wants. So 
Hey, if the actor asks you for a line reading, do it. But only if the actor asks for one. It's just a slap in the face to the actor. And plus, it might not look really great on you as the director either, because possibly you don't have the tools to talk to the actor and to get them to say the line the way you want them to say it. Now, that leads right into the concept that we were discussing. Now, this is a concept. Don't come to the set with preconceived notions about how you want a line to be given. Preconceived notions of how you think this line should be said. Preconceived notions of how you anticipate this scene to be acted out. Now, as the writer, if you're a writer-director, when you're writing, you see the movie in your head. We all see the movie in our head while we write. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work out that way and that that option or that way that you see it in your head is going to translate onto the video or onto the film. The way you see it in your head, it might not turn out that way once it's in the can, once you shoot it and you play it back. You might shoot it, play it back, and think, oh my God, that's what I saw in my head, but that just doesn't work. So, you know, I know you're the director and I know you have a vision. All of us directors have visions. We have visions in our heads of the way we want our projects to go and the way we want scenes to go and the way we want actors to act. But let the actor do their job. They might surprise you. Remember we were talking, if you do have rehearsals, don't go full speed. Don't even ask the actor to pull out all the stops in a rehearsal. No, no, no. Never, ever, ever do that. A rehearsal is just a walkthrough like football players, football teams. You know, the the day before the Super Bowl, both teams always have a walkthrough. It's not full speed. It's just a walkthrough. Practice plays. So when you have your rehearsal, you know, you might do a little blocking. The actors might say some lines and just kind of play around with them. There's no right way and there's no wrong way. But when you're on set and that clock is ticking, always remember, time is your enemy when you're shooting a film. Shit, I don't care if you're an independent filmmaker or you're Scorsese or Cameron or Nolan. I'm sure they have to answer to the suits, the CEOs of the company. So they're watching the clock just as closely as us independent filmmakers are. So when you get on set, you don't have a lot of time to run scenes. You don't have a lot of time to do take after take after take. Don't even talk to the actors. When you set up for the first shot of a scene... Don't give the actors any notes at all. Just let them bring what they have to the set. Let them bring what they have to the scene. Let them bring what they have to show you how they interpret this scene. Just let them play. First take, let them do what feels right to them. Watch it. It might work. It might work for you. Maybe it doesn't work for you. Cut. Then go in, give them some notes. Remember, no line readings. So this concept of showing up and letting the actors do their thing, that's a very difficult concept for some directors to accept because that director has that movie in his head and he knows what he wants, but he's not open-minded enough to allow the actors to give him something that maybe he didn't think about. So if you're one of those directors, you have to do this your way. You still run the chance of pissing off an actor just as bad as if you give them a line reading if you discard what they bring. So shoot a take the actor's way, whatever they bring. Next take, 
after you give them notes, let's see how they react to those notes. And with those notes, you're pushing them towards what you want them to do, how you want them to act in this scene, how you want them to say this line. If there's a certain emotion that you're looking for, talk to the actor human being to human being, not director to actor. So, you know, this is a very emotional scene. Can you think of a time in your life that you were emotionally drained? You were at your wit's ends emotionally. That's what I want here. Just flash back to that, that feeling. How did you feel? And bring that to me. Give that to me. And then if they go over the top, then you have to kind of reel them in. Oh, that was great. That was great. Just not quite so heavy-handed. Maybe cut back on the drama a little bit and pull it in a little bit. That kind of thing. So the rule is no line readings. The concept is don't have a preconceived notion as the director of what you think this scene should be played like by the actors. Let them bring what they have to the table. If you don't like it, shoot another one after the notes. Give them notes again. Give them notes again. But remember, don't waste a lot of time because time is not being good to you when you're shooting a movie. Now, there is another caveat to the rule. Remember, the first caveat was if the actor just doesn't understand what you want and says, look, just give me a line reading. Tell me how you want it, and then we'll talk about it later. The other caveat is if you're working with children. Children love to imitate. They love to pretend. So when you're working with a child, you can't really ask them to go back in their history banks and pull out emotions. They don't quite get that. And a kid doesn't have an ego like an adult has. So you can give a kid a line reading. Say, I want you to say it just like this. And in that case, if you're going to give a kid a line reading, give them a couple of different ones. So then when you play it back in editing, you can pick which one really works. Don't stick with the one that's in your head. And that's part of production. You know, never, ever, ever just shoot one take and move on. Shoot two, three, four takes and get something different every time. Because what plays on the set might not play in the editing room. That is super common. My senior thesis film played great in the editing room. And on a big screen, it was probably the biggest bomb in our class. (laughs) I'm dead serious. That car ride, that car ride back to the hotel with some buddies of mine, it was dead silent. They didn't know what to say to me because my senior thesis film was horrible. But that just gave me fuel to make the hike. I could have played an ostrich and stuck my head in the ground and said, screw this filmmaking. I'm not, this isn't for me. No. I I saw what I did. I know the mistakes I made. But, you know, at that point, it's too late. You can't go back. But you learn from them. And the things I did in my senior thesis film, I did not do in the hike. Though I did make plenty of mistakes in the hike. And if I'm lucky enough to do a second movie, those mistakes in the hike will not be in the second movie. But I'm sure I'm going to make new mistakes. That's just the way it is. Let's add two more kind of common sense things. And then we'll continue this subject in the next podcast because dealing with actors, talking to actors during production, there's so much we can talk about. (laughs) So much. But let's add a couple of common sense things. If you're going to have an actor or actress, oh, by the way, can I get this out? My default pronoun is he. And ladies, I I don't mean any disrespect. It just, when it comes out of my mouth, I always say him, his, he. 
What comes out of my mouth sometimes is very patriarchal, and I don't mean any disrespect to the ladies. So when I say actor, I also mean actress. When I say he as the director, I also mean she. I'm sorry. I apologize, but I don't mean anything by it. It's just my default. Maybe I should start defaulting she. Let's do that. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to default using she instead of he. Now, when I use she, guys, don't get upset. (laughs) Okay, back to my point. If you have an actress or actor, (laughs) see that, who has an emotional scene, let's say they have to cry. Give them time. Leave them alone. Because you have to get into a headspace. I don't know how many of you have tried to act. But there are things I can think about that will bring me to tears right away. Uh, For those of you who have lost your parents, that's an easy one. For those of you who have lost a pet, had to put a pet down, that's an easy one. A bad breakup. Let the actor or actress go there because they need to go there. You know, one of my pet peeves as far as actors and actresses go in movies is when they fake cry. I can't stand that. And it's okay, you know, it's just me. I understand that some people have a hard time crying, but it's so obvious. If you're into movies, it's so obvious. Now, my actress in The Hike, dude, uh, yeah, she could let loose at any, at any time that you ask. And I really didn't have to leave her alone for too much time. I mean, it was like, it was right under the surface. Some of us are like that. Shit, I would say I'm like that. It wasn't long after my pops passed away. I was in a gym working out. I was in 24-hour fitness working out. And in SoCal, there's lots of older folks. There's lots of geriatrics who go to the gym. And I applaud that. It's amazing. So I'm sitting there on a machine. I'm doing my workout. And in front of me, this older gentleman, my pop's age, walks in front of me. This guy looked like my pops and walked like my pops. It took about two seconds, and I just lost it. I had to get off of that machine, go to the bathroom, and compose my ass. So when I tell you, for some people, that emotion is right underneath the surface, I mean, it's right underneath the surface. To this day, it still happens. Now, time has passed. The wound isn't quite as fresh, so I don't lose my shit, but I will well up. I will tear up. Same thing on an airplane. I was on a jet in Dallas, and it was pulling away from the gate, and I got a phone call from a hospice nurse telling me that my mom had passed away. The next few times I was on an airplane, I couldn't keep my shit together. So it's like a sense memory. And, you know, I'm just now at the point where I can get on an airplane and not think about it. But I mean, that's a hell of a way to find out your mom died when you're sitting in a full airplane and you get a phone call. Now, I don't expect you to feel sorry for me because we all lose our parents. I have a buddy in Tennessee. He just lost his dad a couple weeks ago. But I'm telling you this to be transparent because some people carry it that way. And for others, they suppress it. And if you have an actor or actress who suppresses that kind of emotion, they may not be able to cry for you. So if you have a role where this person has to cry, before you cast it, you ask the actor or actress, Are you capable of crying? Can you cry if I give you time? And they've got to be honest with you. Not unless if you want a close-up of somebody fake crying. And I'm sure as a filmmaker, you don't want that. 
You want to see tears. Fake crying, the giveaway is tears. Now, hair and makeup can run in before the cameras roll, and I think there's, there's some kind of a chemical they can put in your eye, and it'll bring tears. But dude, you can't, you can't fake crying. In a close-up like that, you can tell right away if it's fake or if it's real. Right? So give your actor or actress time, alone. Let them go off wherever they want to go off to. And all you need to do is say, look, when you're ready, just give me a sign. You don't have to open your mouth. Tell me what your sign is. Wave at me. Whatever. And you as a director, you need to make sure everybody's ready. Cinematographer's ready. Sound man is ready. At that point, you're just standing around waiting for your actor or actress to go to that place and then walk onto the set and let it loose. Now, while we're talking about production and we're talking about acting and we're talking about crying, never, ever, ever have an actor or actress really cry in a long shot. They can fake the long shot. It's the close-up. You have to have reality. It has to be real. Don't waste an actor's emotions in a long shot. They can fake that and get away with it. It's no big deal. And me watching a movie, I don't mind that. I understand that's that's part of filmmaking. But when there's a close-up and somebody is fake crying, ooh, that just gets under my skin. But that's okay. I don't hold it against the director. I don't hold it against the actor. Maybe they just can't go there. That's fine. But it bothers me. And lastly, for this episode anyway, if anyone is going to be nude, naked, in their birthday suit... Clear this set. Okay, get all the grips, get makeup, hair and makeup, get everybody off the set unless they have to be there. Honestly, that's your cinematographer, you as the director, and the sound person. That is all. Of course, if you're lucky enough to have a first AC, the focus puller, that person will have to be there right next to the cinematographer. Second AC? No, you don't need a second AC. We had both, and we told the second AC to get the hell off the set. We didn't need them. Now, our hair and makeup were females. And typically, this isn't being sexist, but typically, hair and makeup in Hollywood and all around the country, hair and makeup folks tend to be female. I took one of my hair and makeup people, and I asked her to be on set during the nude scenes, and her job was to hold a blanket and cover the actress when the cameras were not rolling. Have one person standing by with a robe, a blanket, so as soon as you yell cut, this person can run in, cover the actor or actress, and they can keep their dignity, right? Okay, Dave. I'll get naked on camera, but as soon as that camera stops rolling, I need covered up. I understand that. Like I said, these are two common sense things that you have to apply to your movie if you have an emotional scene or if you have nudity. It's just common sense, ladies and gentlemen. Even if it's a guy. You know, we have this notion that men can just be naked at any point, any time, in front of anybody, blah, blah, blah. That's not true. Show respect. And, you know, if the guy waves off a robe and he's just walking around with everything swinging, that guy might have a screw loose upstairs, if you know what I mean. He could be a predator. So regardless of gender, cover him up when you yell, cut. Keep him covered until you yell, action. 
then that person with the robe or the blanket or whatever can zip off camera and away you go with your scene. I love talking about working with actors. We'll continue in the next episode. All right, let's get out of here. Hope you all have a great week. And please, please, please remember, always be a lion, never a sheep. Later. Yeah.